0: This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Flatow. Later in the hour, we're experts at sending rovers to Mars. But did you know we also have rovers deep down in the ocean? Yes. And how a 17-year-old inventor from Ukraine is trying to use drones to clear landmines. But first, we're continuing our look at the science behind reproductive health. This week, we're focusing on a different piece of the reproductive process, sperm. On average, one teaspoon of semen contains about 200 to 500 million sperm. And how does all that sperm window down to a single winner? Think back to your high school biology textbook. Or maybe you talked about it in health class. Specifically, that chapter about human reproduction, the one everyone in class was just a little embarrassed to read. Well, the story may have gone something like this. Those millions of sperm race against one another. The strongest swimmer gets to the egg first, beating out all the competing sperm. However, new research in cows suggests that sperm may actually swim together, forming clusters to help each other swim upstream to reach the egg. Joining me now to share his fascinating physics of the swimming sperm is my guest, Dr. Chi Quan Chung, Associate Professor of Physics at North Carolina A and T State University, based in Greensboro, North Carolina. Doctor Tung, welcome to Science Friday. It is my pleasure. All right, let, let, let's talk about this. Let's start with the basics. Your previous research showed that sperm will swim together in groups, right? How did you originally discover this?
1: So the thinking was that when we want to analyze sperm motility, we really want to look at how sperm swim in an environment that better resembles the environment sperm will encounter naturally in the female reproductive tract. So we started to use some microfluidic devices to mimic several features that will present in the female reproductive system. Sperms swim in mucus. They don't swim in those watery lab medium that we prepare. So we started to add polymer into the um, some long chain molecules into the solution to create this mechanical property we call viscoelasticity. The word means that the fluid is both viscous, means it flows slowly. And elastic at the same time. Elastic means that in some short time scale, the fluid has a shape that it wants to come back. Regular fluids say water, the shape is the container you put that in. But once we did that, we put the polymer to increase viscoelasticity of the fluid. We started to see sperm swim very close to each other, mostly in parallel and forming those groups.
0: Would it be fair to say that what you did was trying to imitate the fluid that sperms swim in, and by getting a better uh, analog to that fluid, you discovered that they swim in groups?
1: Yes, that's exactly what we did. So we, we also did some measurement to compare the polymer solution we used with the cervical mucus. And I mean, biological samples, they are not identical every time, but they are kind of in ballpark
0: similarities. So the fluid that the sperm are swimming through during actual conception is cervical mucus, correct?
1: Part of it, yes, through through, through cervix. And then there is some different mucus in uterus and different fluids in
0: oviduct. And, and you took a, uh, a sample of cervical fluid from a cow and then tried to get as close as you could by making a polymer, a long chain of molecules.
1: Yes, yes, in some way, yes.
0: And, and your latest research looks at how bovine sperm swim and cluster in different conditions. What did you find?
1: So, there is actually a natural flow, generally speaking, outward in the female reproductive system. So, this is quite relevant physiologically. So, typically, when sperm swim close to a solid surface, they will naturally form circular trajectories. And w- without anything else, they, they, they will just do that. And in the no flow situation, we found that they don't do those tight circle, but they are, it's either a very large circle, or basically they will be, the trajectory will become linearized. So they are more directional. They don't just circle somewhere. And we started to increase the flow rate. And there is some range of flow that the sperm will start to align against the flow. So there is this flow range that when the sperm orient against the flow, we saw that the cluster sperms are actually better aligned against the flow than the individually swimming sperm. And then finally, we keep increase the flow rate to it's higher. And and there we can see typically 20 to 30% reduction of sperm being removed once they are in cluster.
0: So there's an advantage you found to sperm clustering together when there's more mucus-like liquid flowing.
1: In all flow rate, there is some different kinds of advantage that we found.
0: Why is it an advantage then? What, what is there about the fluid then, the way they're swimming, that uh, when they cluster, they, they do a better job of getting where they want to go?
1: The mechanical question how exactly this happens is still meant to be studied that we cannot answer for sure. But it does look like there is some kind of helping each other in this process.
0: Hmm. Do all sperm swim in groups or some swimming solo? I mean, do you see an intrepid sperm out there trying to push past the group and get to the egg first?
1: There are different kinds of collective behaviors that have been reported across different species. So the one we use is with bull sperm. Um, a lot of different kinds of mice, there have been reports of different kinds of, um, say the head will attach to each other or the head can hook up to a tail or in some guinea pig, they can form different structure to swim together. So there are a lot of reports regarding how sperm actually cooperate with each other to reach the goal of fertilization.
0: Interesting. I understand that you originally were using your physics expertise in cancer research. How did you end up studying the physics of sperm?
1: It was potentially accidental. I was at Cornell University at the time, and the initial project got me there was was a project to for cancer cells to build a device to see how the flow within the tissue influenced the cancer cell migration and. That was a skill I acquired earlier as a PhD student. And then the sperm project came up. They wanted someone to build a device. So that's basically how I got into
0: this. So you became the expert at building the device to mimic the female reproductive tract.
1: Initially, it was just building some devices. And and I listened to people, what you want want me to build.
0: (laughs) And, And so they
1: brought you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it happened.
0: And how long have you been doing this?
1: Our first paper related to sperm was published in 2014, I believe. So a little while now.
0: Yeah, you. So you really have a niche expertise in this, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There aren't many people who know how to do this like you do. Has has this research changed how you think about how sperm swim? A lot. Uh, I
1: learned a lot through this process. I never thought about it. I guess the common picture that sperm just compete with each other and then one wing is so deeply rooted. But since I started, I realized the whole process is so complicated that I never knew anything about. So for example, whatever we talk about here it's probably more relevant in the lower part of the female reproductive tract, say in cervix or uterus, um, because in order for them to cluster, you need certain, you need a higher number of counts. So we are probably not talking about something closer to the fertilization site, which is in the oviduct.
0: Huh.
1: And yeah. And the whole process is just so much more complicated than we learned in say high school. It,
0: yes. Do you have physicians and people who are who are interested in fertility of, of patients who study fertility, have you found them asking you about your research?
1: Yeah, we talk to clinicians at conferences and those, and I actually heard from one person who told me that when they look at the sperm samples after the intercourse from the female body, that they actually saw sperm swim like next to each other, but because it wasn't something they were interested in, so it was never like explicitly reported. There were some interesting conversation along the line. Yes, certainly.
0: Well, I would think that maybe you could have a a fertility test perhaps about sperm.
1: Yeah, that's that's the goal down the line. So at the moment, we are generating some knowledge of how those behaviors help the goal of reaching the egg. So the, the first thing is that we would like to use this knowledge to develop a better diagnosis tool for, say, male infertility, because right now the semen analysis has not been very helpful in quite a bit of cases, those, those situations that is called unexplained. once we can get there. Potentially, we can also talk about maybe we can do some sperm selection for infertility treatment, but that's further down the road and require a lot more other expertise that I do not currently have myself.
0: Well, I'm sure you'll find that expertise from teach it yourself like this, or you'll find from someplace else. Doctor, thank you for taking time to be with us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Dr. Chi Kwantung, associate professor of physics at North Carolina A&T State University, based in Greensboro.